0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. For the third time this season, the Edmonton Oilers are shut out.
1: Arizona winning tonight. 3-0 3 0 over the Edmonton Oilers. Auntie Ranta making 30 saves to get the win. Miko Kostin was pretty good in the Oilers' net. He stopped 24 out of 26. The Coyotes sealed it with an empty netter. So the Oilers 8 2 2 now in their last 12 games. Miss a chance to gain a little bit of separation in the Pacific Division. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 9 46 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, overtime open line courtesy Heartland Fort. Well, Rob. You know, I just thought Arizona, pretty dogged effort tonight, took away the scoring area for most of the night. A lot of passes the Oilers were looking for. Arizona got sticks on, took lanes away, and the Oilers just couldn't figure it out tonight.
2: Yeah, Arizona came with a game plan. They were missing their top defensive pairing. They're missing their number one goalie, so they knew, okay, we can't give up scoring chances. We can't get into a track meet. We've got to play a very simple, boring hockey game, and then hope for a couple breaks. Well, they got the couple of breaks, they got the two goals, and they simply clogged up the middle. Every time the Oilers came out on a breakout, there was four Arizona Coyotes lined up across the blue line. Every time the Oilers wanted to make a, a play on the offensive zone, they had to pass the puck through five guys who just clogged up the, the, the slot area. Every shot was contested. There were the Coyotes did a good job of blocking shots. There weren't a lot of second opportunities and anytime the Oilers eventually did get a good shot on net, Antti was up to it. It was a... The Oilers are going to be disappointed. On the other hand, Rick Talkett is going to be in love with the way that his team played tonight. An absolute desperate... Hockey team played a desperate hockey game and got two points. Yeah,
1: Arizona really in need of a win. They were 0-3-2 in their last five, 1-5-3 in their last nine. So this uh, helps them stay in there in the tight Pacific Division. We'll update the scores and the standings in a few minutes tonight. Special teams have often been a key in Oilers games this season, Rob. No different tonight. Now, the Oilers did go 3-for-3 on the penalty kill, but, and it's a pretty big but, in a game where, they're basically trailing by two goals most of the night. They go 0-3 on the power play, and they also gave up a shorthanded goal today.
2: Yeah, it was a double whammy for Oscar Clefbaum on the shorthanded goal. He gets a shot blocked, which you can't do if you're the high guy. And the Oilers play a 1-3-1, so Clefbaum's by himself. That puck has to get through. When it didn't, it was an automatic two-on-one. The Oilers have nobody that can get back. And then the second part of the double whammy was the unfortunate bounce off his skate, as he laid to try to block the pass, and it goes in. Uh, The Oilers' power play wasn't as good. Uh, I I, I think the Coyotes did a very good job of being aggressive. They didn't allow the Oilers to set up uh, as easily as we've seen in the past, and then they were aggressive with the the plays. They had sticks in passing lanes. They contested every shot, uh, which is surprising because two of the best penalty killers that the Arizona Coyotes Coyotes have Uh, Ekben Larson and Demers weren't in the lineup tonight so some players had to step up and we've seen that when the others have had injuries throughout the year that players step up in short term and tonight they did for the Coyotes so the specialty teams in goaltending win and lose your hockey games Arizona was better than the specialty teams, and obviously their goaltender was a little bit better than Koskinen tonight.
1: You know, the uh, Coyotes with a decent penalty kill coming into this game, 82.1%, ninth in the NHL, just behind the Oilers in eighth, so they got that done tonight. And uh, you know, Koskinen gets the loss, I think kind of a hard luck loss for him. Some pretty good saves in uh, the first period when the Oilers were outshot 12-4. You certainly can't fault him on either goal, cross-ice pass, from Hall to Garland on the first one, and he taps it in the open side. And then as you mentioned, the second one's actually a pass that goes off, cleft skates, and and gets through Koskinen. I thought, you know, we haven't seen as much of him lately. Uh, You know, only allowed two goals. I thought Koskinen did what he could tonight. Yeah,
2: it was a solid start for Koskinen. Uh, He gave them an opportunity. If at the end of the night, you're the goaltender, you give up two goals. Well, you feel that you're giving your team a good chance of winning the hockey game, and he did. There were a couple times where, when it was 2-0 where Arizona had an opportunity to extend the lead and make it three, which would have at that point really finished off the Oilers. Kostman came up with saves on a couple breakaways, a couple close-in plays by Taylor Hall. Uh, another confidence builder for for Koskinen, as well as for the coach knowing that he does have two goaltenders that he can roll out there.
1: We'll make in the fourth star tonight for West Point of Windermere, a private estate lot-only community just off Terwilliger Drive. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. The three stars picked at Gila River Arena tonight. Taylor Hall, third star. Connor Garland, second star. And obviously, Auntie Ranta, the uh, first star this evening. So, Rob, i got to ask you, we saw what the Coyotes were doing, checking very well, taking away the key areas of the ice. And we, we saw passes the Oilers were looking for that, that often connect. We're getting... T- Tipped away or or partially blocked. Shot a lot of shots were getting blocked. So actually, it seemed like a lot of shots were getting blocked. How many did the Cody's block tonight? They blocked 21. Oilers blocked 17. So a little bit more. What? And the Oilers are going to find themselves in games like this, down the stretch, especially against other teams in contending positions where it tightens up. If they if they get into the playoffs, they're going to find themselves in games like this where teams are going to check this hard. So what has to be the Oilers' adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors? If it hurts see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com.
2: I don't think the Oilers got the puck in deep enough. I think if if you go back and watch the game film, there will be, I don't know, Two handfuls of plays that were broken up at the blue line. Oilers trying to beat guys at the blue line with either a pass or trying to beat them with stick handling. We saw you know, the two stars, Connor and Leon, a number of times in the third period trying to carry the puck in or make the cross-ice pass just over the blue line. And Arizona was ready for that. Uh, the, the line that was the most successful in the third period was the Gagne Chase on Nugent Hopkins line when they were put together and simply putting the pucks in deep. And winning races to the puck and then taking advantage of some inexperience on the back end of Arizona. So there's going to be teams and teams know there's so much video out there. And when you watch the others are being successful, they've got some dynamic players that are very good playmakers. So when you play against them, if you clog that middle zone up, if you clog up the blue line and force them to dump it in, that's where you're going to try and have success. And that's what teams that Arizona did tonight. They said, you know what? You can dump it in if you can get it, good. But we're not giving you easy access to our zone. And they didn't. And I don't think the others. Uh, took advantage of the, the, the Coyotes standing up, because when they stand there, that means when you dump it in, you've got a bit of a head start, because they got to turn and pick up speed. The Oilers didn't do that enough. They turned the puck over too often, and when you do that, I tell you, it is so frustrating as a group of five going back to your own blue line and coming up again, and you don't have as much speed, and all of a sudden frustration leads to more individualistic type of plays, and we saw that with Connor. we saw that with Leon trying to do a little too much and it just kept getting the Oilers into a little bit too much trouble.
1: Yeah, and I love how you described that because there were a lot of, oh, this could be promising, oh, no, Arizona's chipped it back down to the Oilers' blue line and, and they turn back and go, Coyotes win it 3-0 tonight, they were the better team this evening, Oilers could not break through. The, uh, Oilers, the two other times the Oilers were shut out this season, you probably remember these games, well, especially one of them, because in one of them the Oilers got a point, they lost one nothing to uh, say, to Winnipeg in a shootout on October 20th. Mike Smith got credit for a shutout, didn't get the win, and then the very next game on October 22nd, the Oilers were shut out again. They lost 3-0 to the Minnesota Wild, so they had not been blanked since then, and they had been scoring a ton of goals lately, but the Coyotes were ready for them tonight, and uh, got the victory. Whenever the Oilers... Get to five or more in a game. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630shed.com. A steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table Celebrate your senses, and the Goal Light allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. We'll bring you post-game reaction as we get it in from the Oilers dressing room tonight. We're happy to hear from you. You can call or text 780-496-0063. We will welcome Robert to Overtime Open Line. Hey, Robert, go ahead uh hey
3: guys how's it going pretty good well 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 i mean tonight you know what i think uh, despite the despite the uh the fact that that it was a a three nothing loss i don't i don't think the Oilers played that bad i just I, I just think they i think i think that they seemed in the uh uh the the first period they looked i guess they would say uh um uh i would say uh uh, uh, uh emotionally uh Emotionally and maybe 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 a little bit physically and and mm-hmm. mentally spent from that that game in Calgary and I think think that's uh, that's why they came out a little bit flat. But uh, that being said, I think oh, uh, uh, Koskinen gave them a gave them a solid start, gave them a chance to win. So I mean, I don't think I don't I don't think the, uh, the I don't think three nothing reflects the way the Oilers played. So I think you have know, just gotta shake it off and uh, uh, get ready for San Jose on Thursday now. That being said, do you maybe think that potentially with the loss, do you do, you, does uh, Dave Tippett maybe consider inserting uh, Tyler Benson next game?
2: I think it's a possibility. I, I, I think not so much because of the loss. I think more because it's been a bit of a pattern as of late where Connor's line hasn't created a whole lot five on five. And tonight, eventually, Connor was moved on a line with uh, Leon and Yamamoto. So I, I think they want to make sure that Connor has every opportunity to create with his line mates. And that hasn't been clicking as of lately. Cassian, I think he's got one goal in the last month. Uh, Neil, I'm not sure if he's going to be back in the lineup or not. If Neil's back in, Neil will play with Connor. If Neil's back not back in, then yeah, then there is a possibility that Benson gets back into the lineup or gets into the lineup. And to me, I again, if I wouldn't be hesitant of putting him on a line with Connor McDavid, simply because nothing really has worked as of late. The second line has been really good. The first line with Connor, Cassian, and whoever that other winger may be hasn't had the the five-on-five five stats that they normally have when Connor's leading the line.
1: 3-0 Arizona wins it tonight. Uh, you know Somebody wrote into the text line saying, man, it's close. The Oilers it could possibly be uh, out of the playoffs by the weekend. And, and yeah, it is, mm-hmm. it, it is that close. And we're going to update the scoreboard here for Edmonton Trailer. If you're looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. I'll fire through all the scores and then give the standings. The Wild beat the Blackhawks 3-2 in overtime. Calgary lost 3-1 to San Jose. Bruins beat the Canucks 4-0. Avalanche pound the Sabres 6-1. Tampa Bay on a roll, 4-2 win over Vegas. The Canadians get a 5-4 shootout win over the Devils. Islanders knock off the Stars 4-3 in overtime. Capitals beat the Kings 4-2. Hat trick for Ovechkin. He's up to 40 on the season. Blue Jackets beat the Panthers 1-0 in OT. Ducks over the Senators 3-2 in a shootout. The Blues double the Hurricanes 6-3. Predators win 2-1 in overtime against the Jets. So, I I mean, it continues to be... Uh, pretty amazing to watch. Pretty fun to watch. Vancouver, 65 points. Edmonton, 62. Vegas and Arizona, 61. And Calgary, with 60. Arizona and Calgary are the wild card teams. Nashville's three back. Uh, Edmonton does have games in hand on all of the other Pacific Division teams. But, yeah, I mean, it's a great race. That Texter made a great point. You, you could lose a game or two and fall out. Mm-hmm. The thing, I think what's key for the Oilers is, you, you know, you can't have like they had in December where you go for 10-1. Ten, ten they're going to have slumps. They're going to have losses. You can't go on for a long time. And you can't get rattled. And that's, I think, a positive of how the Oilers have played over about the last month. You know they've won a lot of games, and you never got the sense they were resting on their laurels. There was a pretty consistency of effort. So now it's it's bounced back from it. you, well, you got shut out. Don't don't let it ruin your game for three or four games.
2: And and I don't think it will. I, I think this is a much more confident team, and, and and deservedly so. The way that they have played as of late. Uh, they, it's funny you look at the standings. There's one, two, three, four, five teams that are still hoping. Still hoping that they have a t- chance to jump in. All five of those teams picked up points tonight. If you look at Nashville, Winnipeg, Winni- um Chicago, oh. Minnesota, and San Jose, the the I, I think I think San Jose is is out, but the other teams still have a chance, and they all got one or two points tonight. And all the teams that are ahead of them, other than Arizona, all lost. So there is, it's going to be fun. To me, this is what it's all about. That there actually is um standing watching when you get up in the morning you first thing you do is you open up your app on your phone to see which teams won which teams lost then flip it over to the standings the others do have a little bit of a buffer because they had such a good little stretch they do have games in hand which only count if you win but you want those you got to take advantage of them and they, they play some teams that are behind them coming up in the standings san jose nashville and chicago three teams behind them Every time the Oilers beats one of those teams, that's a four-point game. They push them a little bit further behind. That's one less team to worry about, and that starts Thursday with the San Jose Sharks.
1: All right, so the Oilers lose 3-0 to Arizona. Quick timeout here for the news and weather. Tony and Marco are up next on the open line. You'll hear from Connor McDavid, and we're looking for somebody to finish the play at 780-496-0063. Overtime open line, courtesy Hartland Heartland Ford.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, the Oilers not good enough
1: tonight. Arizona wins at 3-0. Garland and Krause, 2-0-8 apart in the second period. Krause's goal was shorthanded, and then Dvorak sealed it with an empty netter with 2:11 to go in the third. Both teams 0-3 in the power play, but like I mentioned, Arizona got a shorthanded goal for uh, the Oilers tonight. Obviously, all the point streaks come to an end, most noticeably dry sidles. He had had an 11-game point streak with uh, 22 points. Uh, tough night for some of the Oilers' top guys, McDavid minus three, Nuge minus two, Cleftbaum minus two, Kassian minus three, Drysital minus two. Shots on goal: Nugent, Hopkins, Drysital, and Nurse each had four. The Oilers did have a face-off advantage, 56 percent. Gaetan Haas leading the way, going eight for nine for 89 percent. Drysital took a ton of draws again, uh, goes ten for eighteen for 56 percent. Drysital played 2409, Cleftbaum played 2630. For the Coyotes, Kraus had a goal and an assist. Only player in this game with two points. Chikrin played twenty four oh nine. Goligoski played twenty-four forty six. Four shots on goal for Chikrin, four for Taylor Hall, who had the assist tonight, and the Coyotes went at three nothing. So they split the season series. It'll actually be five points each because the Coyotes had an overtime win and the Oilers had a shootout win. So uh, that's it. No more Oilers Arizona in the regular season. Maybe they will meet in the playoffs. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks for joining us tonight. Six minutes after 10, 780 63 Quickly, let's go back to Gila River Arena and here's Oilers captain Connor McDavid
4: tonight, and uh, just the
5: end result, it seemed like uh, they were kind of holding you guys to the outside all night. Yeah, um, you no, know, felt like that. Seven guys out there, they uh, they played solid, and um, you know we didn't have it tonight, so um, chalk this one up as uh, as a wash. And um, you know, overall, I've, uh, I've liked our our last five games against uh, you know, some tough opponents, and um, you know, um, obviously, it sucks losing to to a team that. Uh, you're trying to push out of the playoffs, and, and they're trying to catch you. So, um, you know, it's a tight division, and um, you're going to have nights like these. But, um, yeah, you know, they, they, they were good, and we didn't have it. That, that That's a team over there that uh, has been sliding a little bit.
4: Uh, were you expecting a desperate club, and did you know that it was a matter of matching their desperation tonight?
5: Yeah, of course. You know, we obviously know where they're at. Um, you know, I think they lost six in a row or something like that. So um, they were going to be desperate. and. Um, you know, we didn't match it tonight. so um, you know, We can learn from that and, and move forward.
1: All right, there's Connor McDavid. Euler's shutout 3 in Arizona. Interesting way to put it, Rob. He said uh, it felt like the Cody's had seven guys on the ice sometimes. And I think he means seven skaters, not just <laughs> six skaters <laughs> plus the goalie, seven skaters plus the goalie.
2: Well, you could see it. Every time he came up the ice, uh, there was one or two or three guys on him. He had no room out there. The, the Coyotes came, over the, came in with a game plan. And they played it to perfection because you did not see Connor or Leon with time or space at all tonight. They were constantly being harassed and... If you're going to beat the Oilers, you slow those two down, you have a good chance of winning the hockey game tonight. The Coyotes did that.
1: Leon had a had a great chance with 13 minutes left. He was he was in tight and and tried to lift it and Ranta was able to get the pad and the blocker across, probably his best save of the night. And you know, probably you know the, the Oilers second best chance was about 3 minutes before that. Nugent Hopkins set up Chase on across the goal mouth.
2: Yeah, there there was a couple chances in the third period, but it's funny though, every time the Oilers had one good chance, There was never a second shot. There was never a rebound. There was never, you know, two or three or four. It was one shot and done. So you give the Coyotes credit. Again, when the Oilers are effective defensively, if you were to put out a large quilt, it could cover all five Oilers in the slot. (laughs) And that's what it was like tonight for the Coyotes. They had five guys back, so you couldn't make the cross crease pass or the cross slot pass because there was five bodies there. You couldn't take a, a shot from the high slot without hitting a body, and the Oilers didn't do a good enough job getting guys in there disrupting that. So uh, it was just it was a game that was very simply put. Arizona was better than Emma tonight and deserved the two nothing win.
1: Tony online too. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, hey, how's it going, boys? Good.
3: Uh, a few comments tonight. Um I know we might get asked quite a bit tonight, but do you think, even though you, even though we completely destroyed uh, Calgary on Saturday night, do you think that we should have put Tyler Benson in? Because, you know, Arizona is a, a faster team. They were missing, you know, quite a few guys that were major. And I'm just wondering, would it have been better to maybe put in Benson instead of, you know, somebody? Because I was feeling like, like Patrick Russell isn't exactly the fastest. Judy Artera, he's fast, but he's not really, like, he's not really fast fast, so I'm just wondering, like, is How, how, fa- fast,
2: how fast is Benson?
3: Um, I'm guessing he's fast because we did bring no, him up. He's for, not, he's but, not, no, he's not.
2: He's not. fast. He's
1: not re- like he's a good skater, but he's not known for his speed. He's, it, he's his his strengths his, would be more puck protection. And the
2: fast. one worry, the one worry that they always had about Benson is his feet fast enough for the National Hockey And, and
1: I don't think that's going to be a problem. But he's not a. He's murderer. not.
2: No, he's not a faster. So saying that he's faster than a, a, a Kara or a Russell, well, he's probably faster than Russell. I don't know. It'd be close. I. I mean. I. I don't. He's not a speed guy. You don't. You don't. I wouldn't have put him in tonight. Not after the way the team played against Calgary. You don't. I mean, that's just a, the wrong message to send to a team. They just go in and have this incredible little run where they get five out of six points. They they beat the Stanley Cup champions. They hammer the Calgary Flames. Okay, now we're going to take one of you guys out. and We're going to put this kid up from the minors. No, wrong message. It was just simply uh, the Arizona Coyotes were a better team tonight, and Benson probably plays against the San Jose Sharks on well, Thursday. Well,
1: they're going to give him they're going to give him time. I mean, they want to see what he can do. Yep. You have to, I think you have to see it. I mean, we can sit here and speculate about everything. Yep. But you don't know, right? I mean, we didn't think Yamamoto would be well, at least I didn't think he'd be as effective. No, neither did guys, I. But, so you get it. I mean, yeah, I
2: he'll he'll get sure. a chance at some point, but again, it might not be Against San Jose, it all depends on what James Neal does. If James Neal comes back and plays, that means to put Benson, in you got to take two guys out. Right. So I mean, Russell's the easy one because he's a guy that's always in and out of the lineup. Then you got to find someone else to pull out. So that's not as easy.
1: All right, no goals for the Oilers tonight. So, unfortunately, we do not have a $25 donation to 630 Chet is Anonymous. Courtesy Ascendant Financial, when the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. Ascendant Financial gives $25 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. They've been given a lot lately, but uh, the Coyotes stymie the Oilers 3-0 this evening. Marco on line 3. Hey, Marco.
3: Hi, how are you guys? Quite well. good. Good. Um, overall, just a quick comment. I thought, as you guys have mentioned, the was didn't play bad today. The Arizona Coyotes were just flat out better and an unlucky break and a rookie mistake on the giveaway. It's just going to happen. But uh, one question that I have for you is over the last three games, not just this game, Jujar has been either invisible or just terrible in my personal opinion. Uh, with that in mind, Is there a reason for them playing him? Are they trying to, like, showcase him as a potential trade chip for the uh, trade deadline to maybe offset some sort of salary if they were to try and pick somebody up? Or, like, personally, I, I just feel like there would be more value in giving Benson a shot when Jujar has just been playing like trash anyways over the last few games.
1: Yeah. That's a good question, Marco. It has been... It's been, uh, I'll I'll be polite, it's been an underwhelming season for Jujar, and he was scratched a couple games before Mm. the break.
2: I mean, I I think he earned a little bit of freedom when he fought the other night against the Calgary Flames. Uh, That was the most emotion, intensity that he'd shown in a long time. But I agree, he he has not had a good season. Uh, He's not noticeable a lot of the nights. And when you're a third or fourth line guy, which he is, you got to be noticeable in a positive way. And great examples of that, uh, Archibald, watch the way he plays. He's noticed he gets 11, 12 minutes a night, but you notice him because every time he has a chance to hit someone, he finishes a check. Every time there's a shot coming, he lays down in the lane. Uh, he gets pucks in deep. He does little things. Another two examples tonight are two veterans, pros, and Chason and Gagne, who have, Gagne's been in and out of the lineup. Chason, he's, I mean, he's a first, second liner last year, playing a lot of fourth line minutes this year, but they're positive momentum guys when they get on the ice. Line. They, I thought in the third period, them with Nugent Hopkins was probably the best line the others had because they they do things. They, they, they are noticed. They, they make a positive influence on the game by being smart, being professional. And I think that's the one thing that Kara uh, has to, to figure out is how to be a good professional. And that's understanding what your role is each and every night and playing to that role. So if you're a fourth-line guy, that means you finish every check. You get pucks out at the blue line. You get pucks in on the on the four-check. You finish checks on the four-check. Things like that. Sometimes he plays a little, what's the word, entitled. And you can't play entitled if you're a third- or fourth-line guy because that is noticed very quickly. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I, I mean, I don't know if they try to trade him. They they might. Um
2: I mean... I mean, he, he is a player that the Oilers could desperately need. If he plays the way he's see, capable and, of and, playing. And
1: he has flashes of doing something yep. where you think, okay, that's a bottom six guy
2: yeah, who okay. can chip in. Well, he's a big, he's strong, he can be physical, he can fight. Uh, his hands are okay. So there are things that he's capable of doing. And for some reason, it, we don't see it near as often as we need to. And obviously the coaching staff has felt that way too because he's been yeah. a healthy scratch a lot.
1: Well, and the thing I notice with, with Jujar sometimes is, we, Rob, you and I talk a lot, and we'll sit here and watch the games together. What happens when a player gets the puck within five feet of his own blue line with a chance to clear? Or there's a battle there. That's a game where with Jujar's size, you'd think, okay, that's, Automatic. that's a time where he's, yeah. he's getting the puck out. Even if it's not a pass, it's out. He, he you know... Is like a full back and he drives it out himself or it's a battle one and he chips it out. You know, there've been there've been too many battles lost or
2: turnovers. Very nonchalant position. he plays in, in those situations where that's gotta be when you get the puck as a third or fourth line, and I've played every line you can possibly play in the national hockey league and when you're on the third or fourth line you know when that puck comes to you on the blue line your only goal is to get it across but you're not thinking about making a good pass you're not thinking about hitting the de- defenseman on the far side your goal is to get it over the blue line once you do that now you can move to the next step mm-hmm. there's a lot of times he gets a puck, he turns and starts coming back into his own end makes a little dinky pass through his legs just chips it somewhere and it gets turned over and that's where you get into trouble. You, A coach, if you're a third or fourth line guy, a coach will never get mad at you for not making a play and just doing something simple, boards and out. But if you turn the puck over or don't get it out, that's a way that you find yourself on the bench and play five, six minutes a night. So that's something he has to learn. I don't know if he's learned that yet. Well,
1: that's what I wonder, bringing back to Benson, if they want to bring Benson in, and we don't, and we don't know about Neil. I mean, they've said day-to-day, sometimes mm-hmm. that means three games like it's been. Sometimes it turns into... The
2: fact that he went on the road trip... Thought maybe. Maybe. We uh, were hoping. Yeah. And, I mean,
1: and I think... I was talking about this with Bob on the Face Off show. I think the way Tippett has coached this year and the way he's handled Smith especially, but some of the other guys, I think Neil gets his spot back. Yes, when I believe back. so. it's McDavid, Cassie, and Neil. Shane and Archibald, nothing wrong with having those two guys together. Would you put Benson with those two guys and say... You know what? They're safe players. Mm-hmm. They're playing with some energy. You know, Archibald's got some speed. And say, okay, Benson, you know, the, these guys, you know, five on five, he's going to get 12 or 13 minutes, maybe not even. He's probably not going to no. He won't kill penalties. No. So is that where maybe he starts? And then, you know, maybe you take Patrick Russell out and, and Kara comes out and Benson gets that left-wing spot.
2: Well, to me... I agree that Neil will get his spot, but I believe it'll be with a short leash. Uh, I do. I just think that there's not enough being created on a line that has the, the best player in the NHL on it. So that's a line that should be dominant every night, and, and plays aren't being made. So yes, there it'll be a short leash for, for Neil when he gets back there. As for playing with Shea and, and Archibald, with Nyquist being injured, there is a spot open there. The Nyquist had Nyberg. fit in. Nice, sorry, Nygaard. Nyquist. He'd be nice, too. He's pretty He's good. good. He's, He's pretty 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 talented good. as well. <laughs> Nygaard, uh, he, with his injury, all of a sudden it has opened up a spot. And I, I know that a lot of coaches, when they have young players in experience, they like playing them with players that are completely trustworthy. And Shane and, and Archibald would probably be the most trustworthy defensive players that that they have on the oilers that Tippett has and, and, and looks at. So yeah, that's a very strong possibility of MM playing there. Uh, and it would fit in nice with the possibility of moving up depending on the game and depending on how Connor's line going. I do believe that Benson at some point is gonna get a look playing with Connor McDavid because the second line is set. That's what they're gonna go with. But I don't think they're completely satisfied with everything that's going on with Connor's line.
1: All right, three nothing. Arizona takes it tonight. Coyotes played well. Edmonton couldn't figure it out. We have Michael on line four. Michael, what's on your
3: mind? Hi there. I just had a few questions for you guys. Sure. Um, first of all, is by the trade deadline, are the Oilers going to be looking for another defenseman or a forward? Would you think if they're still in the still in the running?
1: I think more likely forward. You know, either someone with some versatility that could play. You know, maybe middle six, second or third line, or or maybe just someone that that solidifies the third line a little bit with with a little bit of checking. Easier said than done, but I think it's more likely they look for a forward.
3: Oh, for sure. My second question was actually really quick. Um, I was watching the game tonight, and it seems like the last two games, uh, when the winners were on the power play, the teams know exactly what McDavid is going to do, and he can't even get across the blue line. They they got to switch things up. Like they got to do something different there.
1: You know what? That, I'm glad you brought that up because I asked uh, I asked Tippett about that a couple of weeks ago when they'd had a couple tough games on the power play, and he said. They have about three different ways they try to enter the zone, one of which is obviously dropping it to McDavid, and he skates as fast as he can. Michael, do you remember the game against the Leafs, the the goal in the third period that wasn't the McDavid goal? Leon brought the puck up and passed it to Chase on stationary at the blue line, and all he did was tap it ahead, so it was like a given and goal, and Leon took the puck, and and then he went into the dot and scored. And then yes, Tip yes. mentioned that that's another way that they'll try to enter the zone if Connor can't bring it, you know, bring it in. They'll use Leon and a and a pass, and maybe a, a given goal. But yeah, I mean, that's for for sure, Rob. You know, teams don't want McDavid to wind up. They'd sooner have, I mean, they'd even sooner have Leon handling it, but sooner have someone like Chase on getting a touch along the way.
2: Yeah, but having said that, 90% of the time when it goes back to McDavid, he gets the puck in. Now, obviously, everyone knows what he's doing, but most teams can't stop it. When Connor McDavid's coming at you 100 miles an hour, it's very hard for you to stop that play. You need more than one option. Absolutely, you do. The Oilers do have more than one option. It's just that going back to Connor McDavid coming up with full speed <laughs> seems to have worked so well over the course. Again, again, when the Oilers have an over 3 night, Yeah, it doesn't look good, but it's also the 30%, They're number one in the National Hockey League. It's it's hard to say, you know what, they should be doing this instead when they are still better than every other team in the National Hockey League. But they do have more than one option. They have two or three, but their number one option, the one they want to do the most, is because it's the most successful, and that's giving it to Connor coming up.
1: Yeah, and I thought today Arizona... Did a good job with with pressure, and, and obviously he was. The, I'm sure you saw the game. It was the cleft bomb got his shot blocked, and that led to the second goal.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was just unfortunate.
1: Okay, do you want to finish the
3: play? Sure.
1: Right on, Michael. You already have up to eight days parking at JetSet Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, JetSetParking.com, and you can self park as low as five ninety eight per day with the promo code Chet. All right, we got a play here in the Oilers end. Kept alive by Devorah. Kessel to Osterley. Won't shoot it. High slot. Paul Will. Fired. Redirected. Kessel a shot. Okay, so Michael, Kessel took a shot, and there was an Oilers forward that dove back to block it. Was it it Archibald, or was it Kara? No, that was Archibald. Absolutely. Well, Angie, do you have it? We'll play it kessel a shot smacked out of midair by archibald he saved a goal partner and a clear a by riley shane what a play on the stake bitten phil kessel by josh archibald a lunging belly down play to knock it into midair and right. the puck stays out jack always finds a way to, to describe something cool I mean, obviously the fights were loaded. The belly down play—I love what he comes up with.
2: He is good. He is fun to listen to. Well, when he's on radio, when we talk to him in private, it's like, <laughs> okay, enough, Jack. That's okay.
1: Oilers lose three zip. Michael wins. Finish the play. His name's going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Carding, valued at a thousand bucks. Safe, adrenaline-pumping fun. Fast Track Carding, Edmonton. Okay, we got Jim John, uh, Jim John, and Grant up next on the phones. We do have to call a quick timeout here. Oilers fall three nothing. You'll also hear from Dave Tippett. This is overtime open line, courtesy Heartland
2: Ford.
0: Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, six thirty, Chad. Here's a steal by Soderbergh. Might be a breakaway. Left to
1: right over the blue line. Wrist shot saved. Koskinen keeps his team alive. Seven minutes left. Koskinen stops Soderberg on a breakaway. Oilers were down 2-0 at that point, but they could not score. Coyotes win it 3-zip. The save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube, B-Wise Winterize. rise. Here is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett.
4: Arizona's defense today seemed like it was very tough for you guys to get in the middle of the ice uh, we were. We didn't have much juice tonight. I was worried about that. Yesterday, I was worried about it. This morning, and I was worried about it before the game. So, we just finished three real emotional games, real hard games. You could tell. Our, we didn't have much in the tank, and uh, you, know, you can. You can tell when guys are. They're trying to try, but there's just nothing there. And that's when you're trying to try. They're looking at you coming off, and you're. Kind of look at them. I have got any more, and they're looking. I'm got every. That's all I got. So that's where we were tonight. In a case like that, there's not much anyone can do other than try
2: to try and do
4: your best. <laughs> you try to try, and you're trying to find lightning in a bottle a little bit. You try different pairs. You throw something out there that you hope sticks. And if like we're in, we're around the game. Koski was playing well. We're around the game, and they get the one. The second one is a fluky goal, but uh, you're looking for that one just to to ignite you a little bit. But there wasn't. Uh, there wasn't a lot of juice in our group, you know, tonight. So the timing of this is pretty—not that it'd ever be good timing—but to everybody else lost. If you, you look at, you know, we, we get in it, we get in at six in the morning on on Saturday night after the snowstorm. You know, you're trying to recoup some energy, but you know, Kenny and I were just talking there. Like that's that's three real emotional hard games we just finished, and and that's no excuse. We still were trying. You got to find a way to win games, but. We just couldn't get uh, over the top tonight. How do you manufacture that going forward now? Because you... yeah, we got to get some rest tonight. That's why we're gonna we're gonna wait here tonight, and we'll fly out tomorrow and uh, try to get some rest. We come home, we got three home games. Uh, you know, we got to get get back in the group here. We uh, we didn't have a lot of juice tonight. But we have got to make sure we come out Thursday and play well.
1: All right, that's Dave Tippett. Do you understand that feeling, Rob? You're trying to try? Have you ever been through that as well,
2: a player? Well, it's funny. It sounds silly when he says it, but I it, have been there. Like, okay, you're on the ice. Okay, I'm going to skate as fast as I can. Why are my legs not moving? And okay, I, you try to make a pass, and it's just a little bit off. You try to receive the pass and hit your stick and bounces, and it, sometimes you're tired. It, it's funny. I, when I played in Pittsburgh, I played with a guy named Mark Reckey Hall of Famer, and every game, more or every warm-up just before the game starts we're standing out there and we're taking some line rushes then we'd meet by the boards how do the legs feel they're not there today they're not there today okay they'll be better they'll be better and you could feel in warm-up whether your legs are there or not and you've done nothing different in your preparation and your meal nothing but some days it's there and some days it isn't now the others had a little tougher they had the the three games and four nights the emotional games and then I, I didn't know about the, the, the plane ride and the, the snowstorm and getting in late. But all those things add up and you get a little bit tired. And uh, it, it's funny, it, it, they were just a little off. And I think that's the thing, he says they were all around the game. You know, some of the chances they had tonight easily would have gone in another night. It's the one timer by by dry Settle on the side, the, the play across to where Nugent Hopkins finds chase on, the one that Yamamoto has. I mean, they were one shot away from this being a different... Comp- Different game, but yeah. Uh, tr- sometimes you try, and the try you just don't have what you had in the tank the game before.
1: All right, we'll uh, get to more of your phone calls. We got to do a quick break here for the news and weather. Oilers fall three nothing in Arizona overtime open line. Courtesy Heartland Ford.
0: Oilers hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford overtime open line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad.
1: All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Edmonton falls 3 0 to the Arizona Coyotes. Only their third loss since Christmas in, in regulation time. The other two were to the Calgary Flames. They lose in regulation to Arizona. Their two overtime shootout losses, one to Calgary and one to Buffalo. Probably remember that game Jack Eichel scored on a penalty shot in overtime to win it. Uh, interesting uh, text here. Trade proposal. How about Sam Gagné and Jujar Kerr to Montreal for Ilya Kovalchuk? Makes sense salary-wise and would make us better right away. I mean, that's a, that's an interesting one. The, the Canadians are, how many points are they out of it now?
2: Too many. I think they're, they're 8 or 9. They're
1: 57. Yeah, they're 8 out. That, that's tough. I mean, by the trade deadline, if they don't put on a run, it could be 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, for the Canadians to trade Kovalchuk would, to me, mean nothing. No. Nope. Uh, now, if you're taking on Kara, they'd be taking on a younger player who's still a bit of a project, and Gagne would be.
2: Is Gagne, is Gagne's contract up at this year? Yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Gagne. They're not. They're going to want something for the future. They're not going to want to take an expiring contract because I mean, Gagne...
1: well, I think that's why the text you're saying you know Kara.
2: Yeah. So, but I wouldn't. I don't think you'd be adding Gagne. I don't think they would take that. Uh, I think you'd need more than Kara if you're giving a, if you're getting Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk's actually played well with Montreal. He's got
1: 10 points in 13 games. Yeah, he's done that's not
2: okay. Not bad on a team that doesn't score a lot. Scored a few uh huge shootout goals as well. Yeah, so. I
1: mean you'd be hoping you just get the pure pure shot if he comes to the orders. There'd probably be some 5 on 5 frustrations.
2: You you're hoping for a little bit of magic from him. He's at he's at the tail end of his career and he doesn't have a whole lot left in him, but he'd be a... He... Well,
1: if he said that he's plus 5.
2: Yeah, and the pro- the problem for him though is he, He's a guy that would be excel on your power play. <laughs> He's not going to play on the other's first power play unit. you're not you know, going to be
1: the net front guy.
2: No, but he, well, his spot would be the one-timing play. Right. But the others don't have that. And I'm not sure they're going to want to mess with the number one power play in the National Hockey League. So I, it does sound nice. That's an, interesting,
1: that's an interesting proposal. Yeah, well, like but that yeah. that actually makes me stop and think for a second.
2: But you, you know that Kovacek will be... There will be a lot of interest in Kovalchuk.
1: Well, and he's making
2: nothing. Nothing. Well, and this though, its <laughs> in funny
1: the, in, the, in the world of the NHL.
2: What's funny is there will be a lot of interest, at him for him at the trade deadline, whereas every team could have had him for nothing. A month ago. That's a good point. <laughs> like no, yeah. Nobody wanted him a month ago, uh, including the worst team in the Western Conference, the LA Kings. Yeah. He, had well, he didn't s- want
1: to be there either.
2: Well, he wasn't playing, though. He's a healthy scratch right. a lot. So there's a guy that couldn't play on the worst team in the Western Conference. And now you're going to have to give something up to get him at the trade deadline.
1: All right. We have uh, Jim on line one. Go ahead, Jim.
3: Tom, good evening,
2: guys. How are
1: you?
3: Good. Uh, you've answered my questions. First-time caller, long, long long-time listener. I go back to, well, Bill Hunter days.
2: So i got a new question for Rob. Mm -hmm. How come you're not coaching? (laughs) (laughs) You see see the shelf life of coaches? Not a chance. I know what I did to coaches when I played. I'm not going to let some young puke do that to me. Uh, I I coached my kid. That was all I wanted to do was have the opportunity to coach my kid, and that, that was good enough for me. I like watching the games and analyzing it. Coaching is a tough racket nowadays. Those guys are yeah. up at 6 in the morning at the arena. They're there all day, all night, breaking down film. That's too much for me. I enjoy just watching instead. And time to spend with family. Absolutely. I, I missed, too, missed too much of it when I was playing, so it's kind of nice post-hockey career, being able to spend all the time with my family.
1: Thanks, well, Jim. I love listening to you guys. Well, we appreciate that. Thanks for calling, Jim. And I will call back. Right on. We're happy to hear that. 7804960063. Oilers lose 3 0 to Arizona. Uh, Ranta with the shutout. He makes 30 saves. The goal scorers were Garland, short shorthanded, and Dvorak into an empty net. We have John on
6: the line as well. Go ahead, John. Yeah, hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. Um, if you wanted me to give up Kovalchuk, I would want um, Tyler Benson and Jujar Kara uh, for him, and I wouldn't There's take anything less.
2: Zero chance that's going to happen. Yeah, well, well, I, don't I don't think forget they it. For you I, Benson. Yeah,
6: My prediction is Kovalchuk's going to end up with the Washington Capitals. Oh, well, that'd be sick. And, um, Reed, you should have somebody on from Finland, like, talking to, to see how uh, Jesse Poliarvi's doing. See, like, um, you know, uh, just to touch base and stuff like that. Like, I mean,. He um, can Google the stats and stuff, but to really see how he's playing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's an
1: idea to work on for sure. I think he's a point of game. I'm just checking.
2: I had a hard time. Yeah, he's, 40, he's 41 and 42. I had a hard time finding the stats over there.
6: Um, I think Jujar Cara is a better player than he's had this year. I think, like, he's sort of like maybe best case scenario for him would be like if he turned out to be like a Dale Weiss or something like that I remember when he was yep. at Vancouver then he got traded that's kind of what he sort of like reminds me of a little bit like I don't know but, if you guys agree or not
2: but you just don't see the consistency that's the bit. and I remember Dale Weiss and he was I would call him a consistent player you know what you're going to get from him every single night his bar wasn't high but he was trustworthy he just don't get the biggest thing I don't think you get consistency with Juju Cara I mean, you'll get one night, you'll like, oh, God, okay, here he is. Now That's what we want. And then the next night, you don't see him. And
6: yeah, I I kind of think, Rob, I think, like, well, I just, what I meant was, like, Jujar would kind of be that player that Dale turned into, like, Dale was a late bloomer, 27, 28, uh, played in the league for whatever, five, six years in Vancouver, Philly, a little bit, mm-hmm. Montreal. But you know what I mean, that's sort of
2: a player. Yep, no, absolutely, yeah. you're, you're right. And I and actually, Jujar might have a bigger upside, just because I think he's a better skater than Weiss was he's big, i think he's bigger too jujar's I of a big man bigger too, yeah. yeah so like jujar's got the thing jujar has upside and when the he has shown that with the others the others would love to have jujar on your fourth line out there just pounding bodies being physical getting pucks in D, getting pucks out and, and they just don't see that on a consistent basis and that's why i mean I, sam gagne is outplaying jujar care and i don't know if anyone would have expected that and that's that's good on Sam Gagne is understanding he's doing whatever it takes to stay in the NHL and I'm not sure Jujar is doing the same.
6: Yeah, true enough. Um Reed Reed, would you would you give up um, a fourth round pick to San Jose for Joe Thornton at the deadline?
1: A fourth rounder? Yes well, a fourth yeah. rounder oh, and yeah, if we get sure. past
6: the first round it goes to a third rounder.
1: Yeah, I would. Yeah, absolutely. But for Joe Thornton. Can, I mean he's, he fit, his he's he, under What's the that? cap. What's I gotta double check his salary though?
6: A million bucks, and he and he's done at the end of the year. So I mean, uh, um, I think he's a guy kind of like, well, I mean, well, like how Patrick Marlowe was last yeah. year. Well, how yeah. about two, how about making two million?
2: Two how, million. how about Patrick Marlowe?
6: There's well, Rob, a, who would you rather have?
2: Well, Marlowe playing with Connor McDavid,
6: yeah. or Thornton. Uh, I just kind of thought like uh, Thornton maybe on second line with Nuge and James or something like that. No, well, I don't, the, well, they probably won't touch
1: Yamo, Dry, Settle, and Nuge for the time being. Yeah. Okay. True.
2: I. I. Well. Go for them both, but you imagine Marlow for for a playoff run playing with Connor with his speed. I think that'd you know, be a good then, addition. like I say, they're
6: both done at the end of the year, and they're and they're they're not making. They won't have very much left on their ticket by that time. So well, let's yeah. trade for them both. That's an interesting one. Yeah, true enough. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, guys.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, but I didn't mention. Uh, oh, sorry. Here, Cam, we'll get to you in a second. I accidentally clicked on you. Uh, Thornton got his fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundredth tonight. Marlow is having a. 20 points in 50 games.
2: Not bad. Is I mean, he's got speed. I, I mean, well, you're adding experience if you yeah, do that. Well, yeah, you're adding experience. Someone that's been around. Someone that's played in big games. Still got some speed. The thing is, San Jose was not supposed to be a team selling. San Jose was, to me, at the beginning I of the season. I thought they'd still be a decent team. I think, thought they'd yeah. be a lock for a playoff spot. And they are slowly, slowly falling out of this. Now, they've got, they've got to go on a huge run. But if they don't go on a huge run before the deadline, they've got some players that could be moved at the deadline, some players that are very interesting, like a Thornton, like a, a Marlowe. And, again, I, I'm guessing Thornton for sure, possibly Marlowe would have some say in whether they would move or where they would move to.
1: All right, nothing. the Oilers lose. We have Cam on the line. Go ahead, Cam. I just wanted you guys'
3: opinion on Kachuk finding bear there that night. You know, rookie uh never fought before small guy what do you guys think about that
2: i think i think he asked bear i think bear really, said, i think bear said that he asked if i wanted to fight and in the interview and bear said yes so i mean i give him credit there he didn't just start swinging he asked the guy, kid if he wanted to fight and it was uh, so it was both.
3: so I, well, I just thought bad. it was pretty low of him to pick to pick on him but uh, i didn't know that but all right, thanks, man. Yeah,
1: I think, you know, fair question. I I, I I, think Bear was willing, and that was a situation. I mean, Gagne and Giordano yeah. were basically fighting, and there's yeah. a big size difference there. I think that was one where you're... <laughs> and I and I get the, the questions about, you know, Kachuk, and did he take a cheap shot at Haas late in the game and all that kind of stuff. But I think in that scrum, if... You know, Bear would have been paired up with Zdeno Chara. He probably would have felt like I gotta go. You know, I gotta do this. It's happening. Or
2: well, maybe or, or he might have had second thoughts well, with Chara. You know what or, I'm yeah. saying, though. No, sometimes emotions, it's just yes. so
1: intense that. Yeah,
2: and and but I, the Bear did say in his interview that Kachuk said, "Hey, do you want to go?" And I said, "Yeah, let's do it." So I'm good on Bear for for taking the fight on, and and also is one of those. And I know that nobody likes Kachuk up here, but things could have happened. Could have got way uglier. Because there weren't, there was so many things going on. The refs were spread out all over the place. And Kachuk and Barry eventually just looked at each other. The refs said something, they stopped, and they just skated off. There could have been cheap shots, but there weren't. Uh, and it was funny, this the Bear talked about, and I, I agree. I've been in line brawls, lots of them in junior. When the goalies start fighting, it's funny. Everyone slows down their fights. <laughs> hey, hey wait, hold it, hold it. Don't, don't hit me for a second. Let's watch the goalie fight. And all of a sudden, the guy that you're punching and punching you, you both stop and watch a goalie fight because it's so entertaining. And Bear even thought, was, I got more pumped up once I saw the goalie start fighting. So I, uh, could, as long as Kachuk would have jumped him and started beating up, that's one thing. For him to ask and for Bear to accept, then it's perfectly okay.
1: All right. Back to Arizona one more time. Oilers lose 3 nothing. Here's Leon Dreisaitl.
5: I mean, unexpected, I don't know. Um, You know, it's a good team over there. They compete hard. Uh, Games are always tight against them, and they're obviously, um, you know, in a playoff race here uh, just as much as we were. So, um, you know, we just couldn't really get on the inside uh, tonight, couldn't couldn't squeak one by. So uh, those games happen, Got to recover from it, and uh, move on.
3: People will... the outside will say that you know you took them lightly whatever can you kind of address
5: that from the inside you're in the playoff spot we're not taking any teams lately here especially not a team in our division that you know i think they're in a playoff spot right yeah so we're not taking anyone lately here but some nights you just you know you just can't find a way to to squeak one by you know I thought we had a few chances uh their goalie was was great um and yeah, those nights happen once in a while uh I think we got to bear down on our chances a little bit more um but yeah there's still a way to to win a game like that uh, even though you don't maybe have the most energy or anything like that so yeah we got to figure that out
1: All right, that's Leon Dreisaitl. Oilers could not figure it out tonight. Ranta gets the shutout, 3-0. Coyotes is the final. Get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Oilers now, noon to 2 tomorrow with Bob Stoffer. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Our next game broadcast here on 630Ched is on Thursday. The Oilers host the Sharks, 6 o'clock face-off show. The game will start at 7.30. Oilers hockey is presented by World of Spas. Thanks to Andrew Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Overtime Open Line has been
0: presented by Heartland Ford. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.